Hello, hello, and welcome back to another week of Kent and the Steering Team. It is our final week of this year that has been the 20th of 20, as Philip would try to phrase it. As always, you are joined by myself, Drew, my good mates, Philip and Bianca. Unfortunately, Kent couldn't be here. He's gone out to get a 2021 calendar for the office that we do not have. Anyway, on with the show. How are we, team? Yep, good as can be. I am well. Good as can be. Yeah. Jolly good. Yeah, jolly, jolly good. Um, We have a good episode for you. I mean, look, it's it's. Goodness, we did all have Christmas this week, didn't we? We we literally did all have Christmas this week, just like the rest of the world that wow. celebrated Christmas all had it this week. It's crazy. You know what I meant. Uh, Christmas yes. was good, thank you. Yes. How was your Christmas? Mine was good. I I, I did just Santa realized bring that you we anything special? Oh have... uh, no! <laughs> See, my secret Santa did not get me what I wanted, which was quite funny. Because then I asked my secret Santa, did you see my list at all? Because my secret Santa was my mum, so I could be a bit snarky. Um, <laughs> and I was like, did you look at my list at all? She's like, what list? I'm like, oh my God, I, we do this every year. Don't you know how to check the lists? But, um, what list, mum? No, it was no. so funny. But um, no, I was going to say, we j- I just realised that we all come from three very different households. Yeah, we do. Very different, with all different ways of celebrating Christmas. Yeah, I do the Mm. divorce Christmas. Phil's got a very massive family Christmas. Drew, you are Mm -hmm. the single daddy Christmas. And the small and intimate family Christmas. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting. It's a good cross section. I think between us all, we. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. We cover all the key bases. (laughs) But as is always on Christmas, we are now on the last week of the year. Yes, which means it is one of our favorite episodes to do each year, and that is to round out our top 10 movies. Now, this year is going to be a little bit different, isn't it, guys? Absolutely, it is. Absolutely, it is. Um, We actually have called it Top 10 ISO Films because um, I've only been to the cinema to see three films this entire year. Drew's been to see nine films this year. Bianca saw... How many movies in cinema this year, Bianca? Well, I'm realizing I saw a lot more than I thought I did. I think there's about mm. four. Maybe three. Well, there you go. But still, it's not enough to do a top ten. So, therefore, we're doing films no. that we watched for the first time this year at home. We do have our films which are top ten. Uh, we do have our, our, our the films that we've seen at the cinema. Um, I've got my top three because I only saw three. So, it's pretty easy to make that list. Drew's got his nine. Um, if he wants to say it, he can, um, and Bianca's got her for if she wants to say it. Otherwise, the main point is the top 10 ISO films that we watched for the first time. So again, they may not necessarily be new films. They could be old films. They could be films that we saw when we were kids, and we can't remember anything about them, but we saw for the first time films that are things that we should have seen, films that we hadn't yep. seen, 
and we finally seen them. So we wanted to do that. This is in some ways a little bit of a two-parter episode, though, because um, stay tuned next week for our recap of the year. Um, but this week is our rounding out of the year that was in film or us watching films at home safely away from the vid. Hmm. Indeed it was. Um, who's going to kick off? I think it should be Drew. I do too. Cause <laughs> neither of us, are, uh, neither of us are as movie esque as you. And you'll exactly probably right. cover some well, bars. Well, thank you. All right. Well, I'm going to try and power through mine relatively quickly because in addition to my 10, I did craft a top five for the cinema films, Mm -hmm. which I'm going to rattle off really quickly first. Mm -hmm. Um, As Philip stated, I saw nine films in the cinema this year. One of them was a retro screening of Alien, so that does not make it into the top five, even though at the end of the day, Alien is the best film in that list. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, number five, The Gentleman. Now, I'm aware that Philip is trying to watch this movie at the moment. Uh, I was fortunate enough to go see it at Bondi, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it absolutely makes this list. Number four, Bill and Ted Face the Music. I've waited God knows how long for the third Bill and Ted, and it finally came along. Number three, Wonder Woman 1984. We're going to discuss that one a little bit further once Philip has seen it as Mm -hmm. well. Number two, 1917, which we had the very good fortune to go and see in Edinburgh at the IMAX. Absolutely. How cool was that, Drew? That was just amazing. That was a really, really good cinema. Mm. And an incredible film. Mm. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely. But number one, of course, does actually go to Tenet because... Tenet was one that we'd all been rather excited about. And for me personally, I felt like it delivered. It certainly delivered enough that I was comfortable going back and watching it two more times. So, Well, and, and just I, before I you get to your list, yeah. Tenet, look, as... What, Bianca? Sorry, I was going to say, you say that we were all excited about it. I remember you taking me to the cinema to go see Tenet and I was looking at you like... I have no idea what this is going to be about. And then I left the cinema being like, I have no idea what just happened. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely don't know. Because remember, I, I, I don't watch trailers, as we all know. I just don't watch yeah. them. So I had never seen the Tenant trailer. I feel like the yep. trailer would have maybe helped me understand a bit more of it. But then I watched it later and I maybe. actually don't think it did. Um <laughs> But in saying that, I still really like Tenet. I just have no idea what's going on. What I what I like about Tenet is that I think I um, that. Drew Drew, you <laughs> mentioned it earlier today that you know that the lots of reviews were, were saying um, how it could possibly be Christopher Nolan's one of or Christopher Nolan's worst film. But even his worst mm. film is significantly better than a lot of other films. So I really appreciated yeah. that. Anyway, Drew, I'll let you crack on with your top ten ISO films though. All right, into the top 10 ISO films. I actually realized there were quite a lot of movies that I watched this year, but would you believe in that entire list, Mm. this is like the full list of films I watched this year, only, I think only two of them were not from this year. One was from last year and 
Mm. Another one which does make my 10 is a good 20-something years old. Now, coming in at number 10, Terminator Dark Fate. Now, we only watched this the other week. Yeah, really, not long ago. Oh my God, that, that was a satisfying film to watch because Terminator, anything after Terminator 2 can be hit or miss and more often than not, it's been miss. Uh-huh. So to see them go back to the core values of Terminator and back to basics and really just give an exhilarating film, that made me very happy. And I, I left it going, you know what? I really enjoyed that. The first so, two minutes, the yeah. first two minutes alone, give it. Um, I think, yeah, it earns exactly. it as the best best Terminator sequel since Terminator Two, for the first two yep. minutes alone. Yep, without a doubt. Number nine, Who Be Halloween, a Netflix original from Adam Sandler, who brings his usual um, his usual crew along for the ride, where. He plays a Halloween enthusiast who has lived his entire life in Salem and it deals with him trying to solve a mystery that's taking place on Halloween. Right. Very, very good stuff. Can I quickly throw out Uh, there? Just, just, yes. I, I thought it was as great as any, I thought it was as average as any of the, like, later Adam Sandler movies. Like, it wasn't the funniest yep. thing ever. I, I did enjoy it for the hilarity. I also liked the fact that um, all the kids on it, um, like not kids, but like teenagers and all that, and young mm. adults, they were all friends of Cameron Boyce, who played Adam Sandler's son in Grown Ups and passed away yep. last year. Really? So the whole film yep. was dedicated to him. Yeah. So he passed away yep. from a seizure in, the, in his sleep last year. And... Yep. He was originally supposed to play the kid from The Butcher. I can't remember his name. Yep. Um, but the kid that did play it was actually his roommate who found him and, like, his best yep. friend. So, yeah, all the kids who really liked Cameron Boyce was in it. So I watched it because I liked Cameron Boyce. And then I also watched it because it was in Salem and they go to everywhere on the tourist map. So I, I did the whole lap of Salem and, like, the bus <laughs> tour. And I'm like, that's... These are all, like, <laughs> spots they take yep. you to the tour. And I'm like, this is so cool. And, um, yeah, it was real lot of fun. I actually enjoyed that movie That's for awesome. nostalgic reasons. But, so, sorry. Continue. I interrupted. I yeah, Look, it, for me, it reminded me so much of Hocus Pocus. It just had that, that kind of charm to it. And it, it was nice to see that in a, in a family film this year and to, to see Adam Sandler do something like that again. It, it just, I got a good laugh out of it. Um, there was a, also a wonderfully delightful cameo in there of a previous character from a Sandler film. Yes, there was. I forgot about th- that. That made me very happy. Um, okay. Pressing on number eight, Impractical Jokers, the movie. Yeah. The, the fact that this got made, that it, that it made its way out and that we got to watch it, I think is miraculous. But man, that was entertaining. It was clever, it was original, and we all had a good laugh. Um, number seven, The Cable Guy. This is the old one on the list. And mm-hmm. it feels weird saying The Cable Guy is old. But yeah, I 
it popped up on Netflix and I went, you know what? I have not watched that since I was a kid. It's time to go back and revisit it. So gave it a watch, had a wonderful time with it. Number six, Borat, subsequent movie film. Not as good as the original, but damn if it came close, at least to me. I thought that it did things differently, but still tried to tried to recapture the spark. And while it doesn't quite do it, it still carves its own path. There are also some very shocking moments in it that I think do top the original purely for shock value. Number five, Onward. I really enjoyed Onward. I thought Disney and Pixar smashed it out of the park with this one to to bridge so many genres without ever losing track of what made it unique. And the casting of Chris Pratt and Tom Holland was inspired and the ending just absolutely got to me. I couldn't believe that. Um, number four, Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. I'm, I'm seeing Bianca's yep. mouth go wide open there. Yep. 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 <laughs> yep. I love that movie. I totally forgot forever about it. My, I have to rearrange it. Forever my in my now. brain will be, will be the phrase. Go for it. Play ya ya ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> my brother still yells that out at random events. I still yell it out just to friends around the place it's just fun <laughs> um no that was a great movie that was so much fun i've watched it a couple more times recently as well uh number three the king of staten island i really enjoyed this i thought that judd apatow and pete davidson crafted a very interesting story that is based quite heavily on pete davidson's life growing up and the casting was immaculate to have Marissa Tomei and Bill Burr in there. They do a wonderful job, all of them, of balancing the comedy and the drama. Number two, Soul. Very, very recently watched film. Um, Soul is Disney and Pixar's second film for the year. And it is one of their greatest achievements to, to see what they did there. I was explaining this to Phil the other day that to me, it feels like this sort of spiritual sequel to inside out. It's like they are from the same world and it just shines in, in every way possible. Also the fact that Pixar have gone ahead and created New York, their version of New York, that was something amazing to see. I also can't believe that Pixar have made two films in one year. I think that was that's pretty. I, I mean, I was talking to you about that about this yeah. earlier today, Drew, and I can't believe that that happened. Wait, which was the other I, film again? Onward. Onward. Oh yeah, sorry. For for me, it's not just that they made two in one year, but that they made two decent films in one year, like really good films. And number one, uh, I only watched this last night, but. It's without question, it's, it's at the top of the list for me because it's my kind of movie. And that is Palm Springs. Really? Straight is, to number one? Yeah, straight to number one. I, I've been mulling it over all day. And is that the Adam... Oh no, what's the other guy called? Not Adam. Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg. Yeah, we go. Andy Samberg and Kristen Milioti, who you may know from 
an episode of Black Mirror, but uh, a lot more well-known for being the mother in How I Met Your Mother. Yes. They play these these two people who find themselves um, stuck together at a wedding in Palm Springs. The film also stars J.K. Simmons. I, I, I was very pleasantly surprised by it. I, all I'd seen was a poster and I went, you know what, that looks like something I'd like. I knew that... Um, I knew who'd produced it. I, I knew very little outside of that, though. I had read the that little logline for it and that was it. I had not even watched a trailer and I'm really glad I didn't because I didn't have the main plot ruined for me at all. So the whole thing was a really pleasant surprise. I, I just remember yeah. she's also in Fargo. I couldn't remember the name of it. Is she now? Yeah. That's really seen, cool. I've not seen Fargo, to be honest. I've watched I've also bits not and seen pieces of it. I have not seen Palm Street Springs, no. But I do like uh, Christina, Kristen Mialotti. She's also in Death to 2020, which I watched today. And oh, she plays nice. she plays Karen. She plays Kathy, who is a Karen. Oh, uh, she plays a funny. Karen. Yeah, she plays a Karen. That would be Karen. entertaining. Oh, I see. All right. Very nice, well, that's Drew. My, that's my 15 or my 5 and my 10. Now it's on to one of you. Bianca, please. Oh, me. Really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. you're up. Well, all right. So I am not a movie person like you two. I, I'm not actually mm-hmm. a massive fan of movies, so I don't watch them often. I prefer, like, series um just because so i actually had to really think about what movies i'd seen for the first time this year because i don't even remember movies very well um and then i came up and then you said an iso list and then i was thinking about all the movies that i haven't seen forever but this year i think i watched more times than ever so i have two lists i have a list of movies i saw for the first time i have a and i have a list of movies that i seen many times before but this year i think i binged many many times and then i have three movies that i was really looking forward to this year and just pissed me off i didn't like them at all so (laughs) those are my three lists i want to hear those i want to hear the the three that you okay so one of them was one that came out last year but i hadn't seen in cinema so i i ended up watching this year in isolation which was aladdin and i really did not like it because they just ruined my favorite, one of my favorite mm-hmm. Disney movies for me. And it was just be- like, I, I actually genuinely enjoyed Will Smith as Genie. I thought that was really good. Um, but then the fact that they couldn't yep. pick whether they were going to do it as an Indian film or a Middle Eastern film annoyed me because they just kept clashing the cultures. And as a Middle Eastern, I get very offended that we aren't Indian. Mm-hmm. We're not the same people. Um, I don't know how Indians feel about that, but whatever. And then, yeah. I don't know. I just didn't like, I, I don't know. There was a lot I just didn't like about it. I was just like, just why didn't you just do the original one? Just remake, do what they did with the other, was it Lion King that they made, remade square, frame by frame? Anyway, that's all I wanted for that one. And then they just didn't do it. So I will. Yeah. Um, and then Happiest Season. No, wait, before I say Happiest Season, Batman Under the Red Hood which was supposed to be like a choose your own adventure story, which it was about um, the Red Hood comics, which is Red Mm. Hood gets killed in the 80s. 
and the original comics, they left it up yep. to a vote. Um, will Robin die? Robin was being Jason Todd. Um, they let people call in and vote. And however, whoever got the most mm-hmm. comics, whoever got the most, most votes, uh, kill him or stay, you know, keep him up, save him. That's what they went with. And the rumor is that someone actually got a, one of those call machines that just do random dialing and kept calling them up over and over again. Cause all you had to do was call up and leave a message and then hang up and that counted as one vote and you could call twice, but it was expensive. But apparently some guy actually used mm. a machine to call up over and over again and racked up 200 votes, which is why they killed Jason Todd. And they also did, they also didn't actual, they had also written the comic where he lives. So in Under the Red Hood, it's kind of like that um, Bandersnatch yeah. thing where you get to choose your own story. Very much looking forward to it. But then they kind of cheapened out and it wasn't actually like a movie. It was just like a narration. So you picked your adventure and then they narrated to you what happened. And I'm like, no, that's not a movie. That's yep. Yep. not yep. how it works. I was very disappointed. And then my last one was Happiest Season, which was the Christmas film, the lesbian Christmas film with Kristen Stewart that just was like, not funny. And not funny because they tried to be too politically correct. No. Which is this, this is, this is one of the few cases where it's a gay film made by gay people so you can lean into the gay jokes and make it funny. And Kristen Stewart was giving her all to that performance. But Aww. I don't, I think everyone told her to take it seriously. And then they put a funny, like, they put funny music to it. So it all just came out awkward. It was just not well done. I did not enjoy that. Dan Levy does, Dan Levy saves, whenever Dan Levy is on the screen, it's hilarious and amazing. As soon as he walks off the screen, it's like, mm. but yeah, Kristen even, Stewart does such a good Dan job Levy at acting. And it? then it just, I, I, I can't even explain. Like, I just, anyway, it was not fun. It was not enjoyable. Carmen, Audrey, and I watched it okay, together. Well, well, Carmen, Audrey, and I watched it together and like, oh. it was just the most painful thing to watch. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so those were the three movies that I was not happy with this year. That I was just, and I it, was genuinely looking forward to. And, but, eh. and Bianca, it's funny. I've I've never heard of two of those three. So Aladdin, I'd heard of, haven't seen. Don't really want to see it. I didn't really like Aladdin the cartoon as a kid, so I'm not really interested. Not really phased by it. Um, and then those other two, absolutely never heard of them at all. But that's continue. fair. Um, then the top ten movies that no, then these are not top ten movies. These are just movies that I binged over and over again. Mm-hmm. which I'll do quickly because they're all old movies. Um, Ocean's 8, which I like, and I know a lot of people don't, but I really do. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it too. It's really good. I don't believe in its, I don't believe its existence. Um, you know my issues with movies like that. Continue. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, Chasing Liberty, which is a really old movie with Mark Harmon and Mandy Moore. Um, Mark Harmon? From- yeah. Yeah, where Mark Harmon plays the president and Manny Moore plays his daughter and she Gibbs. runs across U- Europe. Um, I love that movie. and I think I've watched it like five times this year. Um, Ten Things I Hate About You, which, classic. Um, mm-hmm. Heart and Soul nice. with Robert Downey Jr. Yes. Oh, I love Heart and Soul. Yes, love that movie. absolutely. The bus movie. Yes, the bus the, movie. Sorry, the, the other bus movie. Um <laughs> <laughs> 
Love that movie. Then I watched Anastasia a few times this year, and then Woo! Sky High, which I genuinely enjoy. Um, oh my god, I remember Sky High. <laughs> so this is one that I almost put in the ISO film. I hadn't seen Newsies since I was a kid, which is a musical, yeah. um, and it's got Christian Bale singing in one of his first movies as like a teenager. Um, I had not seen that since wow. I was a little kid, and then. Mm. I saw it again, but I start. I, I the first time I saw it again was at the end of last year, so it doesn't really count as 2020. But I watched it a few times this year, and then Iron Man I watched a few times this year. Um, nice but then to watch. Top ten movies that I'd never seen before: Sorcerer's Apprentice with Jay Baracknell and I can't remember. Oh, Nicolas Cage. That um, movie is awesome. I really enjoyed that movie. Um, Mission Impossible 1, which my cousins made me watch, and I actually yes. didn't mind it. So I might yes. watch the rest of the Mission Impossibles, but I just... Yes! Just skip end. number two. Just skip number two. Um, Onward, which, as Drew said, was Woo! really fun. Um, Cockblockers with John Cena. That movie <laughs> I actually, is so funny. I actually really liked that movie. I thought it was really good. So did I. I genuinely it enjoyed really it. really funny. I, I thought um, it was going to be shithouse, and I can't believe Drew and I went and saw it, but it was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I didn't see it in cinemas because I thought it was sh- going to be shit house. Yeah. And then I think I teased yeah. you guys about it, and then one late night, you know, when you go through Netflix and you can't find anything to watch. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was doing that, and then that was that had just been released on Netflix, and I was like, eh, I'll just watch it in the background. And I meant to be like <laughs> doing something else. I think I was applying for jobs that night, and I actually stopped because I was just so into the movie. <laughs> I really liked it. Um, yeah, so Cock Blockers is a lot. I genuinely enjoyed that. I think I've watched that three or four mm. times this year. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, not a movie, but it's a follow-up to a movie, and I think it counts. Cobra Kai? That counts. Yeah, that we'll count, count it, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's the follow-up to, uh, uh Karate, Karate Kid. Kid. It's set how many years later, and it's genuinely good. And I now, think that now, has a lot to do with YouTube. Uh, 30 years on or something. Now, I've never yeah. seen Karate Kid, and therefore I had no idea what the hell Cobra Kai was about whatsoever. I thought it was... I've heard of the name Cobra Kai before, but I didn't think it was anything to do with Karate Kid, so I was just a bit confused by it all. Did you watch it? No. Oh, I was going to say, because that would be very That's confusing. Not... Yes. Um, yeah, no, it was genuinely good, and it was it was good in the way that... You know how, like, some movies try and... um, Like, some reboots try and fix the mistakes of the past... Yes. Of, like, being racist or prejudiced or whatever. No, no, mm-hmm. this movie just grabs that by the balls and is like, yep, that's bad. We're going to try and be better, but it's a struggle to be better, so we're going to do it slowly. And they do, mm-hmm. and they do it really well. Um, nice. And it talks yep. a lot about toxic masculinity in the 80s without being preachy, and I really enjoyed that. Very good. Um, mm. Yeah, so very, very good series if you watch it. Also, it's got a lot of ass kicking, so that's fun. Um, does it? Does it also have the original <laughs> character, the original kid that played Karate Kid? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. got the original two. So, um, Ralph, is it Ralph Macchio? Yep. Yeah, Ralph Macchio yep. and the kid who played his rival, whose adult name I can't remember, real name I can't remember. Sorry. Um, they're both in it. So, the kids at the end who fight, they're they're the main. William Zabka. Yeah, William mm-hmm. Zabka. They're the, they're the adults in the show and they're teaching the next generation 
but they're trying to teach the next generation better, but they all still, they still have their old rivalries. And there's a really good scene in it where they, they, they kind of, now that they're adults, they kind of are friends, but they won't admit it. And they go on a double date with their girlfriend slash wife, depending which one it is. <laughs> and it's really, really funny. Like it's genuinely enjoyable. I was cracking up throughout the whole thing. Um, but anyway, the half of it by, uh, which is a film by Alice Wu and it's a bit of an indie yeah. film and I really enjoyed that. Um, the only film that I've ever watched with Carmen and Audrey where there's a gay relationship in it and Audrey was like, no, the straight relationship was better. So really? <laughs> it was, yeah, it was funny, but um, I genuinely enjoyed that film. Um, and then I had to change the top of my list a bit because Birds of Prey I saw this year and I forgot about it. Um, loved that movie. Eurovision mm. I saw this year and I cried the first time I watched it because I love your Euro- I love Eurovision as a whole. So just watching a movie about it was just very emotional for me. Um, yep. <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite, which Phil made me watch the other night. Yes, Bianca. you hadn't seen it. No, yes. I've never seen Napoleon Dynamite. <gasps> yes. Um, I genuinely enjoyed it and I thought it was hilarious. Oh my god. It is hilarious. It's just such a shitty, great movie. Vote for Pedro. It, I, I love it because it actually genuinely is shitty. But yeah. for some reason, it's great. Like, it's so shit. It's amazing. Yeah, what a lonely, like, one-horse shithole town they live in. And everything's just so old-looking, but it's set in 2004. And it's just like, what the fuck's going on in this weird-ass town? But it's, it's brilliant. So and what's the wrong dance- with them? The dance sequence is amazing now that I've seen it. I always mm-hmm. never, I never understood what it was about. And yep. then, yeah, no, I genuinely enjoyed it. I can't believe I didn't watch it in high school because I thought it was stupid. Actually, I probably wouldn't yeah. have liked it in high school. I'm not going to lie. Um, Gosh. And then, I watched it twice in one night when I first saw it. First time with Sophia because wow. mum and dad had gone out to dinner and Sophia and I had rented a movie. So we watched that. And then mum and dad got home and I'd been like crying with laughter watching Napoleon Dynamite. So I was like, you have to see it. And we just started it from the beginning and then watched it all the way through a second time. And I cried with laughter a second time this time with mum and dad. That's so damn good. I, I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I never watched it before. Um, and then Tenant I put on there as well because I saw that this year. And I, again, have mm-hmm. no idea what it's about. I understand bits and pieces of it. Not all yep. of it. And as I said before earlier in the year, I really want a sequel, but I'm in it because I'm sitting in a room with Christopher Nolan and he's explaining to me what happened. <laughs> <laughs> right. But um, yeah, those are my 10 films. Slash I appreciate that. Excellent. It's love it. Very dynamic. <laughs> yeah. Love it, love it, love it. Also, there's a Nicolas Cage movie in there, which is so 2020. I can't believe... I actually have to quickly say, I can't believe nothing... Nicolas Cage did nothing this year. It feels like it would have Uh, been his year. (laughs) Nicolas Cage does a lot of sitting around doing that Well, January is going to be his month with his new Netflix series. There you go. Good on Nicolas. Sorry, Philip, continue. Have have either of you seen the trailer for this? I don't even know what you're talking about. Nicolas Cage has a Netflix documentary series coming out in January. About Nicolas Cage? 
No, he is hosting a new series called History of Swear Words. Oh, I like that. I like swear words. (laughs) An education in expletives. The history lesson you didn't know you needed, hosted by Nicolas Cage, a loud and proudly profane series that explores the origins, pop culture usage, science, and cultural impact of curse words. Yep, exactly. Bring it on. It looks amazing. It I will. Genuinely looks. I wonder fantastic. if it's going to be like the Jeff Goldblum one with the history of everything, but it's Nicholas Cage and swearing. A world according to Jeff Goldblum, whatever the thing was. Hold um, on. Are they yeah. going to beep swear words though? They better not beep them. I doubt it. I will send you. I will send you the trailer. There's no beeping. Oh yes, <laughs> I'm so happy. No, I won't watch the trailer. Don't send me this trailer. Okay, <laughs> don't watch the trailer. I just want to watch it. Um, I have just- my. So, so I have, I have my top three movies that I saw in cinema. I have yep. three um, notable mentions to be um, to hand it out, yep. and then I've got yep. my top ten. So, the three movies that I saw in cinema this year, technically, um, man, the year was looking so promising, and I was so excited for my top ten list. Especially by the time I got <laughs> to February and um, watching uh, nineteen seventeen um, in cinema. But the top three, number one, Jojo Rabbit. What an amazing, amazing movie that was. And man, it deserves to have a full-fledged top 10 movies in cinema, normal top 10 list, Mm. because my God, it would have been number one. um, So you know I haven't seen it yet, right? We will make that happen. I'm going to do a Drew here and say we will watch that. Um, Yeah, we'll fix this. Number two is Tenet, and number three is 1917. Um, Tenet was phenomenal and I'm actually going to go and watch that again with my cousins this weekend. Um, and then number three being 1917. I loved 1917. I was more disappointed when watching the behind the scenes of it and their complete, um, kind of nonchalance and like total, like, um, acceptance of the fact that so much of it literally wasn't a one shot. And then when you rewatch it, you go, yeah. They really did cheat that, which I, do, I totally understand that it's impossible to do it as a one-shot, but at the same time, um, they broke scenes so much more often than I thought they did, and I don't, I, I was less impressed with it after that. But I still think it was phenomenal, and I'd recommend anyone go and see that. It's a great war movie. It's in my, mm. my, top, my top three favorite war movies with um, Saving Private Ryan and... Uh, um, what the hell is the other one? Dunkirk. Yes. Thank you, Drew. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My notables for the um, ISO list, mm-hmm. I have Special Correspondence um, with Ricky Gervais and Eric Banner. Basically, they're two um, reporters that have to go off to a country. They accidentally leave or lose their passports into the garbage bin, so they can't go off and report on a story that they're supposed to. So they fake it by being in an, in a, in a um, cafe just next door to their work, and they're pretending like they're calling in and reporting bits of information. Until they finally get to the country and it all goes horribly wrong for them. I watched for the first time Hot Fuzz fully. As in I fully watched that. Yes. Because I've really not enjoyed any other time that I've watched it. And now this year I've watched it twice. Once to Wait, like set aside time Fuzz? to watch it. It's by um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Oh, Edgar Wright. It's directed, yeah, Edgar Wright. It's part of the Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy. Exactly. With um, Shaun of the Dead and The World's End. Exactly. Okay. Um, I didn't understand the three flavors, Cornetto, but I know the other two movies. Cool. Yeah. Yep. 
that's 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 what's called. It's called a trilogy. It's a box set and everything. Um, I didn't know that. Yes. So um, because Cornetto wrapper appears in all three of them with a different flavor um, each time. Um, so yeah, look, I I did enjoy it the first time we set aside to watch it, and then the next time it was just on TV, so we chose to watch it. Um, yeah, it was all right. Still not my favorite in the series, and it's still maybe number two or three. Well, it has to be literally because I've seen the other ones. Anyway, it's not number one still in that trilogy. And then the other one was The Cobbler. This one deserves to be in the top ten, I think, because it was such a good Adam Sandler movie. And man, has it been a long time in my mind since there's been a good Adam Adam Sandler movie. Um, it's a drama too. I really it's such like a the good one, though. It's such yeah. a good movie. Look, it's my it's in my top four for Adam Sandler movies. Um, I think it mm. pushes out The Wedding Singer, so that means I've got um, Billy wow. Madison, Happy Gilmore, Click, then this, and then maybe it's The Wedding Singer after that. Um, yeah, look, it was a great movie. Yeah. Such a good movie. Anyway, mm. on to my top ten ISO list. Yes. At number ten, a Pixar movie makes this list because I haven't seen the other two. But this one was Inside Out, one that I should have seen because it was amazing. It was such a good movie. So um, it's one of Sarah's favorite movies, and so she she made me watch it. I'm glad she did. I would have watched it eventually. It's a Pixar movie, but this was an excellent movie. Um, number nine, a movie that I've been meaning to watch for such a long, long time, like years, um, No Country for Old Men. That was a great movie. Um by the Coen Brothers, it doesn't necessarily go the way you think it's going to go. It, it it's good. It's really good. Um, I've still I d- not seen it. Yeah, I, I strongly, highly recommend that one. Um, number eight, The Impossible. If you don't know The Impossible, you're missing out. That is such a good movie. It's Tom Holland when he's a kid. It's got Ewan McGregor and it's got Naomi Watts. Uh, Naomi Watts in it. Yes, um, yeah. and um, it's such a good movie. Essentially, it's about um, the the Boxing Day tsunami. However, it takes place in Thailand, um, where a lot of English people were caught up in it. Um, and this movie is the story of, of that. And man, it's graphic, but it's also so powerful. It is such a good movie, and it's I did a, a true not story. Realize, I did not realize that Tom Holland was the kid. I had to go yep. look it up because I'm like, I I didn't. Okay, cool. Yeah, it I've is seen it such. Before. It is such a good movie, and I would honestly watch it again because it is it is scary and terrifying because it is so real but man it's a good one so absolutely that's there for me number seven is impractical jokers look i've been a fan of the guys since the very 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 beginning um i love everything to do with them um i'm so disappointed i haven't been able to go and see them live either in america or in uk um i'll try and make that happen look i i was always going to love this movie because i love the fact that it's not just like jackass where it's just a series of kind of skits they threw a storyline in there Storyline was incredibly. Mm. I mean, it was really not necessary because they could have just a feature, made a feature-length movie of the challenges. But the fact that they threw in a storyline and then made it kind of work around that, and they 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 did kind of occasionally bridge the gap between um, what is a story and what is them doing a challenge. Um, but at the same time, there was enough of a separation um, with a little little flair every now and then of mixing it in. So I thought that was really cool. Mm. Um, a couple of good cameos in there as well, if you were, had a had a keen eye. Um, number six, Extraction. That was the next Netflix film with uh, Chris Hemsworth. Um, and that was really good. It did several... You know my favourite scene from um, uh, Kingsman, the the one where it's in the, the church, with that, that kind yep. of one-shot one, one shot, um, fight scene? There are so many of those throughout this movie. 
um, extraction. So it absolutely gets big ticks from me. I love that sort of thing. So it was really, really cool to see. Um, number number five was Nightcrawler, um, starring uh, Bill Paxton and um, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Great movie. Jake plays a bit of a psychopath. He's really good at playing that. Donnie Darko, this and and this, I guess. Um, and a little bit weird in the movie The Prisoner as well. Um, so, yeah, this was really good. This was really, really good. And I thought that he played a great job as being a, a bit of a, an oddball or, a, a, you know, just a little bit antisocial. Basically, he's someone that films um, incidents for the news, whether it be a um, robbery or a car accident and things like that. And he, he, he stumbles across the job one day and then slowly, because he's always, he's an entrepreneur out there for money. And he really becomes, you know, a kingpin in the empire of, of filming incidents, basically, for the, the morning news. It's a good one. He's a bit bizarre. Um, number four is Prisoners. So Hugh Jackman, um, Jake Gyllenhaal, and who else is in that movie? can't remember. Um, I think it's Micropenis. What's Micropenis's name? Oh, Terrence Howard. Thank you. Yes. Um, <laughs> I believe, I believe, I, I believe it's Terrence Howard. Is it Terrence Howard? What's the movie? I'm not sure. Uh, Prisoners. I'll look it up. Thank you. Uh, maybe it's not. I'm not. Uh, for some reason, I think it's Terrence, Terrence Howard, but I'm not sure. Actually, now that I think about it. Anyway, um, it's a great one. Um, a child goes missing on Thanksgiving, and then a father in Hugh Jackman. Yeah, it is and, Terrence Howard. And Terrence Howard. Okay, it is Terrence Howard. Yeah. Good. Um, and Terrence Howard go after, go looking for their child. They think they know who it is, but they're not convinced. Um, and the police officer or detective in charge of the, the, the case, um, Jake Gyllenhaal, has to try and solve it without the basically the father's getting in the way of it. Um, number three is Zodiac. So another one with Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, this one also has Robert Downey Jr. It has... Um, uh, who plays Hulk? Mark, Mark Ruffalo. Mark, it's yeah. got Mark Ruffalo. Um, who else is in it? It's got several other people in it as well. It's a good one. It's about the I Zodiac really killer. like Zodiac. Yeah, so it's about the Zodiac killer, it, which I is I do love that movie. Yeah, exactly, and it's it's set in San Francisco in the seventies or eighties, I think. Um, and man, it's a good one. It's basically problem solving. Well, you know, it completely unwinds. It's a little bit of a disappointing ending, but the story in reality, because it's a real story, um, is a little bit of a disappointment. Um, to be honest. Uh, number two, this one blew my mind because I'd never actually heard of it at all, and it was awesome. And that was Hector and the Search for Happiness, starring Simon Pegg. Um, he is a therapist, um, and he basically just gets gets into a rut, stuck in his life, unhappy with it. So he packs up his stuff, and he travels the entire world and lets himself have very real... Um, experiences um, get carried away and drawn away by people that he's never met before and just see 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 where he's he ends up um, mm. and man it's a good story and it is heartbreaking but it's so joyful and happy um, yeah it's it's really really it's inspiring in some ways you know imagine just doing that backing up your life and just heading off on an, on an adventure and seeing where you end up and and he's he, he's he's done some brilliant indie films Mm, absolutely and this is this is one of them um yeah. you know it's he goes and discovers in life the what ifs that he's kind of left behind the um what if i did that where what if i went there 
What if I was mm. with this person? Um, what if I said yes to this or no to this? And he, 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 it's really cool. It's really, really cool. And my number one yeah. film then is a movie which I can only beg people to go and watch Peanut Butter Falcon. Um, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. I need to see this. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Buff. Him. Um, the kid from Holes. Um, it has. <laughs> I can't remember his. Even name. Stevens. <laughs> Even St- Yeah, thanks. Um, it has. I'm going to refer to my notes here. Um, it has a fantastic actor that is. Um, he has Down John syndrome. John Ah. Oh. No. Sheila Buff, Zach Gottsagen, Dakota Johnson, yeah, Z- and John Hawks. Yeah, it's it's Zach Gottsagen. So he's excellent in it. Does an amazing job. Dakota Johnson as well. Um, Bruce Dern is in there as well. Um, yeah, it's it's got a great cast in it. And people just that, that appear that you wouldn't expect to kind of appear. Um, but amazing film. Basically, um, well, Zach plays Zach, um, and his character basically is kept in a, uh, a, a a retirement home because there's nowhere for the state to keep him or look after him because he, he doesn't have any parents and he just is stuck in there. He doesn't have family. And so it's really sad he's kind of been put aside and put into this, this, this old folks' home to live. Um, and he doesn't want to be there. He wants to go and explore the world and do what he wants to do, and he wants to be a wrestler, and so he wants to go and meet his wrestling idol because he has the the vcr that he watches every night of his wrestling hero um and he does it and he he breaks free and gets out there and he bumps into shia LaBeouf's character um and they go on an adventure and to go to johnson's character is looking for it for them um and they learn so much about you know shia LaBeouf's character learns so much more about zach and respects him so much more as a person rather than someone with down syndrome so it's it's a beautiful beautiful movie it is so good um I truly recommend anyone go and watch that one. I truly recommend that you will have a great time watching it. So that's one that I can, mm. yeah, truly recommend. And that is my number one film for the year um, of ISO films. Wow. Yep. That's me. That Excellent. That is a very cool list. I, ha- I was looking up those yeah. films as you were talking because I'm like, I have no idea what any of these are. Yeah. Um, that's a really good list, Flip. Thank you. Mm. I-, I-, I was very fortunate in the movies that I was able to find and watch this year. And I, yeah, I, I can only highly recommend every single one of them. Um, yeah, amazing list. I'm happy with my list. As we all should be, Excellent. though. We should all yeah. be happy with our list because, man, what an enlightening, um, you know, movie year this was for all of us. Stuck in our homes, you know, I we ticked things off the list. There were so many movies I watched this year that I can't think of because, like, when you guys said make a list, I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. remember half of them. But, like, so mm-hmm. many movies that I know I watched this year that I just would never have watched if it wasn't for Isolation because I was just bored out of my mind. Um, but, yeah, like, the one that, what, well, when that... you talked about Simon Pegg, I also remembered the, the something Life of Walter Schmitty with Ben Stiller, which sounds very similar. Mm-hmm. Which I the genuinely the Secret that Life of Walter Mitty. <laughs> that one. There you go. Secret Life of yes. Walter Mitty. I watched that this year. Like, there was just so many films this year that I just never would have watched. Well, well, I mean, you know, Drew mentioned The Gentleman. I'm halfway through watching that now because technically we're in somewhat of an isolation again now. But, um, yeah, like, that movie is just incredible. But, but like, how do you fit it into a top ten? Um, I'm only halfway through it and I'd already... It would have to find its way into that list because it is such a good movie. But, yeah, like, 
that's the hard part about making top tens, but also that's how fortunate we were to try and get the best out of the year that we could. We were able to watch some really cool things um, mm. that were out there that we otherwise wouldn't have had the chance to watch or the time to watch or would have ever heard of. Like, for example, Hector and the um, Search for Happiness. I never would have heard of that. Peanut Butter's the, uh, Falcon, the same. What a ridiculous title it is. But, man, when you watch the movie and you understand what it's all about, like, it's it's excellent. So we've been very fortunate in that sense. Um, we were fortunate people in, you know, to, to get away with the year that we did, relatively unscathed. And so, yeah, yeah again, um, if coming up with a top ten list of movies is the hardest part of the year, like, you know, we've done incredibly well. So... There's absolutely that, because this year was a very tough year, uh, which we will definitely talk more about the year in general next year. Uh, so, well, yeah, actually. <laughs> well, yeah, ne- next year. It's yes. true. <laughs> next year and next week, um, when we review our the year that was 2020, man, oh man, we all wish that we had 2020 vision. Yeah, fuck that. Um, well, and also hindsight's 2020. I mean, you know, all these sayings mm-hmm. that we're going to have to completely scratch. I know it refers to eyesight, but it sounds like the year. We don't want to give everyone PTSD, so let's not do that. Um, we will review the year, but um, this being the last episode of the year, we feel that we need to give out a sick hint of the week, and we definitely need to give out our sick hint of the year. So, yes, team, do we know who should be sick hint of the week? We had the episode to think about it because we had absolutely no idea. Do we know now? I still don't know. Um... I had a nomination and now I've forgotten who it is. Oh, good. So there we go. No, I don't know who we should nominate okay. this week. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring a nomination forward and we can disagree or not. I'm gonna nominate Zach Gottsagen for his role in the film Peanut Butter Falcon. You He's know what? Done. Absolute sick ass job. Like fuck yeah. I agree with you because I actually really want to yep. watch that now. I I was just reading the summary of it. So it sounds mm. pretty good, and yeah. I'll watch it. And I trust your movie opinion, because you've never led me wrong with this film. I appreciate yeah. that. And this one, I definitely will not lead anyone astray. This is a brilliant movie. So, yeah, okay. Well, in that case, Zach, good taking you are this week's Sick End of the Week. Congratulations. And now to our Sick End of the Year. Bianca, do you have a quick summary of the thought process? Because you were the one that did the brilliant, phenomenal, amazing, incredible job of listening to the last 10 minutes of each and every episode to work out who won it in what week and you wrote it down, which is what we fail to do all the time. All right, so you two were at work this afternoon and so I just Mm -hmm. put upon myself to do it because I was like, well, also just to save... Thank you, thank you. Yeah, but it was also slightly (laughs) selfish because we would be recording this maybe in another hour while I was probably really wanting to be asleep. Um, (laughs) um, So I, I looked through the year and... There's some of them that I did not completely understand because they were in jokes through the episode and I hadn't listened to the whole mm-hmm. episode. It's like Wikipedia <laughs> got a shout out one week and I'm like, why? But anyway. Because Wikipedia um, saved us that week because that we just used Wikipedia to have topics for that, I believe, the episode. There you go. Um, this one I understood. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, this one was horrifying as I was listening back to it. Andrew Miller from Wallace and Gar- Gromit shit posting or cheese posting. That was oh, horrifying because then I had to remember that exists. Of course. Um, John, John Krasinski from, for his good news, which yeah. I appreciated. Yep. Joshua mm-hmm. Dahl, Joe Exotic's campaign manager, mm-hmm. which when I, re- I went back man. and... 
When I went back and listened to that, I was laughing my head off. Like, I could not stop laughing. Um, Captain Tom Moore, who raised 21 million pounds for the NHS. Absolutely, Um, what a fucking legend. I... Who else was I going to give a shout out? Oh, yeah, the bloke who told off told Scott Morrison to get off his loan, lawn. I was yes. really tempted to give that to give, like, say, let's just give it to him because he was brilliant. Um, the week I almost got it for falling asleep was quite funny, but NASCAR got it mm-hmm. instead. I still feel cheated. Um, <laughs> who else? Oh, Carl Sefnovic for telling off a Karen. Um, yep. The. Where was it? Chad. No, come on, come on. There was one more that I wanted to do. Oh yeah, the week that um, Trump kept call- yelling at, um, the week of the uh, debates and Trump kept yelling, China ate your lunch was quite funny. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, those were all the shout outs. I had to go quickly look through all my list. Um, but no, those before were all you the continue, Jacob, before, before you continue though, I have one more shout out. Yeah. This person didn't win second of um, the week this year, I believe. I don't think they, they got it um, once this this year. Um, but my shout-out goes to you, Bianca, for joining mm-hmm. the team absolutely as a random guest one week, um, who we always loved having on the show anyway, um, as a guest, and then you just came back week after week, and we are so glad that you did because you've added that extra element to the show that we absolutely needed. Um, yeah. You, you put in so much work. Uh, I think back to the um, episode where we were talking about the Beirut explosion, your diligence and your research into information and having it um, at the time was excellent. I'm so thankful that you had that because that was amazing. Um, the topics that you bring to the show are always awesome. Even if you do fall asleep sometimes, I totally have no problem with that because it is <laughs> just an extra little quirk to the show, which is hilarious. Um, you... Um, you, you, well, you keep you listen us on to, track. Keep us on track. You listen to the list, um, or, or listen to all the, the things. You know, alone that that's enough for a, for a nomination. Um, yeah, you add so much to it, and we are so thankful that you're part of the show. Um, mm. It is also your fortieth episode, which uh, you mentioned to us just before we hit record. So, absolutely, congratulations for that as well. Thank you so much for being on the show, and you you deserve, even though um, you didn't win it once this. Uh, year i think you deserve a nomination not just a um a shout out but a nomination in the running for this year's second of the year but instead bianca you do have who is the winner i do have the winner and thank you guys very much for that um Mm -hmm. the winner for this year is not anyone who won second of the year either um because we kind of week sorry either which is a little going off the books, but that's just because we all felt that the uh, medical workers this year should get sick Kent of the yep. year for all of their craziness over COVID-19. And it's really funny because listening back to all the episodes this week, um, the first couple of weeks of when COVID struck, you two were kind of like, nah, this is fine. Like, it's just the flu. Yep. And then as it was getting worse, you guys, maybe we should be wearing masks. And then, no, we should all yep. be staying inside. <laughs> and it was you know, such, you know what, though? such you a know great what, though? progression. I, you know, I, I, though, have to say that that I, I don't regret kind of how um, we didn't take it particularly seriously. I don't, at, at the very, very beginning of it, I don't regret that. What I'm actually... No. Um, what I'm actually glad that we did was, is that we did change our tune 
whether it mm. means I told you so or um, we were wrong or whatever, I'm happy to admit all of that because I don't regret being incorrect on something. I never regret being incorrect on something. It's always about learning and admitting you know, you were wrong or anything like that. And I'm glad Drew and I did very quickly change our tune to being to take did, the fucking actually. thing seriously. It so wasn't just changing that. our tune. It was it, that we we forced ourselves to get educated and then we've, we've urged others to do mm-hmm. the same. I think it was over the course of three episodes where one episode. <laughs> yeah, it was like, <laughs> fuck this shit. I think you guys yeah. nominated someone for being idiots about it and being like real, taking it really seriously. And then the next mm-hmm. week it was kind of like, oh, hold on. <laughs> it was, wait, we should wait, be taking this, this seriously. Mm. <laughs> but, um, but, I, but I completely agree with it with the, the winners of this year's second of the, the year. Um, without question. Yeah. The, the medical wor- workers and. Um, you know, I, I think that they are so deserving of it, especially with the shit that they've copped mm. in America and the UK and Australia hospital or around the world, hospitals being overloaded and them just continuing to work tirelessly. There was a great Four, four Corners um, episode the other week on television here um, talking mm. about what, what it was a timeline of the year and we kept seeing footage from, um, you know, blogs from, from medical workers or vlogs from medical workers talking about what they were going through and, you know, ending up with cuts on their nose from their mask being on for so long, um, all that sort of stuff. And you just see the toll it took, even in Australia, where we had it relatively under control. Um, yeah. You can only imagine what it was like around the world. So um, essential workers and, and um, medical personnel who did an amazing job this year. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Of the year. Yep. Yeah. I think so. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, our top ten, well, our, our year in film, basically. Um, yeah. The year that was 2020 in film, um, I guess. ISO lists. Again, we'd love to hear your top tens. Send them through to our Facebook page if you want to. Mm. We, we, we know you won't, but that's fine. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, let us know as you Can pop through the door into my room to say that. We'll see. Nah, that's um, not fun. Yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um... It's part of the fun of the podcast is we have we we somehow have a, a loyal base of um, listeners that listen in every single week. We don't know who the hell some of you are. Uh, we know who some of you do know who some of you are. We don't know who the other ones are, but somehow we do have a loyal fan base that seems out there, and we appreciate the mm. fact that you do not interact with us in any way, shape, or form whatsoever because it's hilarious. Um, but next week we will have our year in review. Um, it's the way we tend to start the year and then um we'll be back resuming normal transmissions after that indeed we will yep yeah that's, that's gonna be fun that. hopefully 2021 <laughs> is better <laughs> oh if it could be a fraction of 2020 jesus it's amazing then hmm. i i absolutely love that um video that's going around of it, it it's become a meme of god asking an angel to do something and the angel fucking it up and um, God asked. I like the dinosaur one. Yeah, well, the dinosaur yeah. one was the original one, and then everyone was making their own memes off of it. But my, one of my favorites is um, God asks the angel, "So did you um, set up all those disasters over the 2020s?" And the angel goes, "You mean 2020?" God's like, "2020s, <laughs> 2020," and then God starts crying, going, "2020s." favorite one out of all of it. Just... That was excellent. Yes, that was a good one. I did see that. <laughs> that one's my favorite. After mm. the after the dinosaurs oh, one. The dinosaurs God. one is probably my favorite meme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> what a year. What a what year. A year. 
Whew. And yep. yeah, tomorrow's the last day of it. Or it is absolutely today, today, today technically. Today, today. well, oh, look, yeah. I'll get this out. I'll get this out today. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, last day of the, the year. So, um, yeah, here's to 2021. Hopefully, it's more of a 2019 than a 2020. But uh, let's see. But I do appreciate that 2019 did give us a little thorn right at the end there with this whole COVID 19 thing. Just like, haha, goodbye. You're saying goodbye to me, are you? Well, suck on this, dickheads. Well, well, and jabbed like in this to, this thing. I like to think that it was giving us a teaser of 2020, like because COVID started in November, but the like the Chinese community covered it up, so it was just teasing mm. us very lightly. Of, mm. We we had coming. such little information, exactly. Yeah. Mm. But here we are now, we're on the verge of 2021, and hopefully it's more of a 2019 than a 2020. So, let's see. Um, Drew, though, thank you very much for the year. Thank you very much for doing this again, as always. And thank you, Bianca, for, for the year and bring on 21, yes, 2021 team. I just thank also you, like Philip. to say... Thank you, Bianca. I am actually giving up my um, Sick Kent of the Year this year. Because I was the Sick Kent of the Year of 2019. <sighs> You're passing the baton. I am yeah, passing the baton. it's excellent. See, but you deserve to be nominated again, and that's why you were yes. nominated again. It's still yeah, on my Twitter profile, so there you go. Good. Well, you deserve to be nominated. So, um, excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, bring on 2021, everyone. Thanks for listening throughout the year and for all the other ones. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, listen out for our review of the year next year. Until next week, I say, yep. Mm-hmm.